Uh, g'day there, and welcome to the rewrap for Monday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking Breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB, and this morning, uh, the new uh, rent rules, landlords, tenants, all of that stuff comes into uh, force in a, in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, Mike has a little chat about that. He's also uh, wants to talk about the TY negotiations, as such as they were. The Tokyo Olympics, are they ever going to happen? And a new burger chain is come. Another new burger chain is coming to New Zealand. But before any of that, uh, yes, obviously, lots of people with lots of questions about MIQ in the wake of uh, yesterday's community case. Why says the text? Why aren't we giving peeps an MIQ vaccine first on day one and the last on day fourteen? Uh, the answer is we don't have any vaccine. You're not up on speed on it. We don't have any vaccine. There is no vaccine in the country. Israel's a different story. I'll get you to Israel in just a couple of moments. Another one, Mike. I can't understand how this woman's elective travel was allowed to occur in the first place with our border closed. Well, you might have got that answer there. It might not have been elective. It might have been business. But I, I just am astounded still that people don't seem to understand the borders aren't closed. I don't know who's telling you this. If you want to leave the country, you can leave the country. There is nothing stopping you getting on a plane and going and sunning yourself in Hawaii, Portugal, Spain, or any other locale. You go to the Maldives at the moment. The only issue is coming back into the country. You've got to book an MIQ spot. Why you're coming back into MIQ matters not. The only difference is if you've been on holiday, you have to pay for it. If you're an expat returning, you don't. Anyone can go anywhere they like according to the government rules at the moment. There are plenty of planes flying and there are people on them. Could we ask perhaps somebody who is going overseas, maybe somewhere where they are vaccinating people, to bring us back some? Like in the bag, you check it at customs. Go, what have like, you got in there? Go, a lot of vaccine. Get some, some duty-free and some vaccine. Yeah, can I get a couple of bottles of Malibu um, and uh, some Jean-Paul Gaultier and enough vaccine to vaccinate anybody who's having to spend time in MIQ? That'd be great. Or is there a... How many, how many vials of vaccine per person are you allowed? What's the allowance there? Uh, what are you allowed to do if you're a landlord, if you're a tenant? Uh, Mike's been looking into some of this. Now, Feb 11. Feb 11, big day, big change coming. February 11. Well, if you're a landlord and the hype is flying at the moment, I can tell you the biggest reform in 35 years, claim the headlines as well I read the other week, the biggest reforms in 35 years. Houses, another headline, houses to be emptied as landlords bail. Here's what I know. The harder you make it to do something, the less likely people are to do it. And there is no question that being a landlord under the new rules about to uh, come into force on Feb 11 will be harder or at least more expensive. We know this at our place. Uh, We put some air in uh, over summer to a house. And I say air. The government couches it as as heat. Places need to be heated. The inference is that poor renters freeze to death among the mould and the leaky walls and the windows. In places like Auckland, heat isn't really an issue. Cool air is anyway. Uh, There's a system in place whereby installers have been bundled together and they offer deals. Not a bad system at all, but they all seem to agree that the government don't have a clue about the real world and what you're expected to do is way over the top and as a result more expensive than it needs to be. So the air that we put into a rental is bigger and more expensive than the air we put into our own home. And our own home is much, much bigger. The air we put into our own home is what we needed to do and not what the government told us to put in. And guess what? It works. Because the decision was driven by practicality, not government edict. We also met over the break, interestingly, a couple who turned out to be landlords who had been landlords for 30 years. They own four properties, but they're downselling. They're over it. They've seen a lot of changes, as you would imagine, in three decades. The stuff they've decided is over the top draconian. 
and it simply isn't worth their while. Now, that's anecdotal. Of course, it's just my story. And for uh, now, the whole it's the end of the world line is nothing more than that. It may well be that landlords, by and large, suck it up. Nothing changes. It may well be the return on property beyond rent is good and too good to ignore, basically. No, you don't have tenants and air conditioning in the share market. But in housing, you don't run the risk of a bubble bursting in a crash. So let's see what actually happens. But I can't help but think that most landlords are decent people, as are most tenants. And all the noise around the rents and the renting, as is so often the case, driven by the exception and not the rule. Now, my issue here with the Hosk's hot take on heating here is that he claims he's got to spend more on the rental property than he does on his own home. This is a guy who takes cold showers. I don't think... Has he talked about that on air? I'm not sure if he has. But anyway, he's definitely talked about it to me. Uh, so I'm, I'm just wondering if his heating requirements are exactly the same as, you know, normal people's heating requirements. Anyway, what we do know is TY's uh, electricity requirements are pretty high, and if they're not there to require them, it's going to cause some problems. I think we can all agree that uh, TY uh, going nowhere is a good thing, but that's not the real story, or at least it shouldn't be the real story. TY, I think, is a lesson in why this country, in part, needs to get its act together. The clue here is the balance of power, no pun intended. Does TY need Southland or New Zealand? Answer, no. Does Southland and or New Zealand need TY? Answer, yes. And then that is the clue as to why they're not going anywhere. The old we are off unless you cut us a deal game has been played before, of course. Last time, the national government of the day wrote them a cheque for 30 million bucks and said, that's that, don't come back. They did come back, of course, they always do. They came back last year, at which point the government, at least in part, to their credit, told them there was no more money. Or was there? In the ensuing months, through the usual gnashing of teeth and headline concern around jobs and economic impact on a small region in election year, we finally wound our way to a deal. The deal was with Meridian, their energy supplier. Meridian has, of course, already offered them a deal that was turned down, so obviously the deal that got cut was an improvement on the original offers. Some market analysts suggest it's 36%. Imagine if you could trim 36% off your power bill. Meridian, it's important to note, is government-owned. They too can't afford for TY to bail because what would they do with all that excess power? Power that, by the way, they don't have the infrastructure to simply fling back up the country to other punters. So yet again, we've been found wanting. A region that, like all regions, should be more than just a place beholden to a large company. A power company that's beholden to its biggest client. A government that can ill afford the joblessness mess of a major regional bailout. Rio Tinto came to the gunfight with guns. We came, again, with bows and arrows. Good relationships are symbiotic. They have give and take, they have balance, they have mutual standing. They are not, as we have seen yet again, a hostage negotiation. The thing I've always found strange about that um, knives to a gunfight scenario, or in his the hostage case there, bows and arrows, um, if, if I knew that I was going to a gunfight, I might actually opt not to go. I don't know how many winners there are generally with a gunfight. Um, don't know how many winners there'll be at the Olympics, given that they might not actually happen. How ironic. I come back last week, Monday. Was it Monday or Tuesday? I can't remember. Just just out of the blue for no particular reason. I can't even remember why I raised it. I said, "How? what do you reckon the chance of the Tokyo Games going ahead are? I've decided they're not going ahead. And by the end of the week, we had the report on Friday, allegedly from the Japanese government, no one confirming it, that it's off. No one wants to say it. I mean, it's one of these classic unfolding stories whereby the Japanese government have clearly decided, given what they're going through in Tokyo at the moment, there's not a hope in hell of the games being held, and what they're now focusing on is trying to get the next slot, which is 2032, 
and I assume they'll get it because they're good enough to host it in 2020 or 2021 or 2022, or I assume they cancel it, not delay it, so they'll give it to them for 2032. Uh, but the International Olympic Committee just don't want to see it. And they're now calling for Olympic athletes to be vaccinated ahead of others. I mean, you can imagine how that argument's going to go down. I mean, look at the Australian Open scrap they've had in the last couple of weeks. Can you imagine if certain countries had to vaccinate Olympic athletes ahead of everybody else so they could wander off to Tokyo? Tokyo, it's not going to happen. Um, it's funny how we've completely forgotten as well that they cancelled uh, Rugby World Cup games because of the weather and that that was going to be an issue for the Olympics as well. Imagine if they made it go all... They all made it go ahead, regardless, finally got some Olympians there, and then a heavy bit of rain came through and they didn't get to run around. <sighs> uh, another burger chain is coming. All the ins and the outs, it's The Biz on the Mike Hosking Breakfast on News Talk ZB. Another burger chain coming to the country, which is just what we need, of course. Aren't you sick of people constantly asking you just why is it we just don't have more choices of burgers? Uh, five Guys, American, known for their large portion sizes, which is also another thing we need more of, especially after we, you know, cracked that obesity epidemic all those years ago. Uh, they're also known for their fresh fries, American diner-style fast food. First store not till next year. Bigger plan is somewhere between five and ten stores here. They'll be in Auckland, Wellington, Christchurch, Queenstown. They don't do drive through mm. So they're looking for high-traffic, high-street city centre locales. Budget's $11 million. Uh, that's to get the operations up and running. Each site's going to employ somewhere between 50 and 60. Jobs are always welcome. Big operation, too. 1,500 locales globally. Revenues at $2.2 billion. Another fun fact, no freezers. They bring in everything fresh daily. Probably why they have large portion sizes. They cook too many chips and they go, oh, well, I can't freeze them. So anyway, you have to put them on the plate. Um, they're going to be hard pushed, pushed to find high traffic central business locations. I, mean, I think they mean high foot traffic, don't they? That We don't have that anymore, do we? Do we have high foot traffic locations in CBDs anymore? So anyway... Maybe there will be once they open. They'll, they'll, they'll attract more people for their generous helpings and freezerless burgers. I am Glenn ZB, and in spite of all my mocking, I'm strangely hungry and my mouth is strangely watering, which is fairly standard for the end of the pod. That has been uh, the rewrap, and we'll be back with another one tomorrow. See you then.